This is Spice Radio 1200 AM. You're tuned into the Morning Buzz with me, Natasha, and along with me, Mankiran. It's time to snuggle up with your fur baby during this winter months. But how do you prepare them for the winter? For that, we have in the on the show, on the phone line, Eileen Driver. She's a Senior Officer Protection and Stakeholder Relations with BCSPCA. They do some wonderful work to rescue animals from abuse and also they work to protect and enhance the quality of life for all animals in BC. A very good morning to you, Eileen, and a warm welcome to the show. Good morning to you, and thank you for the invite. I just take every opportunity I can to speak about animals and how we should protect them. And this is a perfect platform. Thank you. So this conversation actually began with Mankaran and me. That's my co-host, Mankaran. And we were debating on whether or not should we take our fur baby for a walk. And we both are uh, uh, dog uh, parents, doggy parents. So yes. let's kind of end this debate here. My dog is a Labrador. <laughs> And I thought, he comes from Newfoundland, he's used to the winter, and she says, no, baby, you're not going to take him out. So what do you have to say, Eileen? Okay, so this is really unusual for British Columbia. We don't normally experience this much, this cold weather, but you can take your fur baby out, but make make sure it's for a brief walk only. Don't leave them outside in your backyard. Um, when you walk them and you bring them home, clean their paws because people are using, individuals are using sand and salt for the sidewalks. And what can happen is your dog may end up chewing on his or her paws and ingesting that. That will give them an upset tummy. So make sure you, you clean their paws, especially between their toes. And then for short-coated dogs, they're really quite vulnerable in this cold weather. So I would recommend a coat, putting a coat on your dog. Um, we also have the, the booties or we, we shoes, we booties that you can use to prevent your dog's pads from getting um, the salt in between. So the problem is they're not used to it. And I've seen many videos of dogs trying to get used to these, these shoes and it, it may appear funny to us, but it's actually stressing them out. So don't stress your fur baby out. Just maybe, even in the summertime, start getting your dog used to wearing shoes um, by putting one shoe on for a couple of minutes and give them, reward them with a treat. And then they'll associate the shoes with getting rewards. So that's a good thing. Um, there are, there are a a few things that we're concerned about this time of the year. One would be hypothermia. And hypothermia, young dogs and senior dogs are really vulnerable. And this condition occurs when pets exhibit body temperatures lower than normal. So if your dog is having some difficulty breathing, you're noticing muscle stiffness, weakness, pale gums and confusion, that could be a sign of hypothermia. Frostbite is another symptom we should be looking for. And this may show up a couple of days later. And this this can affect the ears, the paws, and the tail. And what happens is it damages the skin. So the skin can turn a bluey-gray color. You may see swelling. You may see blisters. In these instances, contact your veterinarian immediately. Um, and another issue we should bring up is antifreeze. 
Uh, we, we have to use antifreeze in our vehicles. And if, if you spill some onto your driveway or, 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 or the road, that can be fatal to cats. Just a teaspoon can kill a cat. And a tablespoon can really seriously uh, cause kidney failure in dogs. There are two types of antifreeze, and the, the good type, which is biodegradable and recyclable, is propylene glycol. The, the bad one is um, ethylene glycol. Do, try not to use that. And then um, we all consider dogs as part of the family, uh, but if your dog is an outdoor dog and does not like to come into the house, then we, the dog should have a, a dog house. And the dog house should be insulated. It should have bedding consisting of straw. It should be raised off the ground. And um, it should have a flap on the door to protect the dog from the elements. That way it, the dog can maintain its body heat. And always, always, always make sure you're providing fresh water. Mm-hmm. And then for our cats, before you start your, your car engine up, bang on the hood of your car because in this cold weather, cat outdoor cats tend to migrate into under the hood of the car or on the tires to try and keep try and keep warm. So um, bang on the hood of your car. Better yet, keep your cat indoors. Um, now, I had mentioned about the antifreeze, and I should give you the symptoms to look for. If uh, your dog or your cat is drooling excessively, and uh, he or she has excessive thirst, urination, vomiting, and seizuring, again, take your dog or cat to the veterinarian immediately. Okay, very important information there. And thank you for settling the debate. We really appreciate it. Now, I know you mentioned because we were fighting hard here. You didn't see it. But you did say that you can take your dog for a walk, but you said a brief walk, right? So how long would that be? Well, it really depends. You you know, we all know our fur babies. And, you know, we have to be responsible. So in the really, really extreme cold weather, I would just say uh, maybe a 10, 15-minute walk. Um, I wouldn't go any longer than that. But now the temperatures are getting better. So slowly but surely you can go back to taking your dog for your hourly walks or whatever. But in the meantime, just when it's minus temperatures, just brief walks. 10, 15 minutes should be fine. And Eileen, you must have heard that our lakes are freezing over and people are taking their fur babies to either go and ice skate or they're going on to these lakes. Any advice for them? Oh, yes. Don't. I mean, really? Don't. Mm. Because you're taking a chance. If the ice is thin in an area, your dog can fall through. Why, why would you? Why would you? Just don't. Right. You <laughs> have to be nice. Just don't. <laughs> well, we are on radio. Now, I mean, uh, you know, we also have wildlife, right? It's in our backyard. So how do you care for them as well, especially during these winter months? Right. So the BCSPCA generally doesn't recommend feeding wildlife. Mm-hmm. Um, now, backyard bird feeding is the most widespread and popular form of human-wildlife interaction. But did you know that bird feeders are a common place for birds to get sick? People don't realize this. Mm -hmm. So just actually in 2021, an outbreak of salmonella resulted in many sick pine siskins in the lower mainland and South Vancouver Island dying. 
disease is spread um, when birds come together at bird feeders. So, number one, they don't. The if you're going to feed birds, make sure that the bird feeder is away, safe from predators, especially mm-hmm. cats. Mm-hmm. But then again, as, as I said earlier, cats should be in, indoors. So the bird feeder should be about thirty feet away from windows because quite often. Birds will see the reflection of the sky and fly right into the windows and die. So, um, I, I, having birds, actually, you know, you're better to go to our website and mm-hmm. check out the instructions for feeding birds in your, your backyard rather than me tell you. And our uh, website is www.spca.bc.ca. That, you'll find all your answers on our website. Wonderful. Now, before I let you go, I just want to shift a little bit of uh, focus on, you know, the current situation when it comes to fostering pets that are left back at the BCSBC. I know you all do some wonderful work. Do you think the current socioeconomic conditions have uh, kind of played a part in having more animals uh, given back as, you know, to the foster homes? Yeah. Well, you know, ever since COVID, um, Mm. we Prior to COVID, we were seeing a decline in the number of animals coming in to our centers. But then COVID popped up and people took advantage of breeding crossbred dogs and selling them for four and five thousand dollars because the majority of us were working from home and uh, supply and demand. So what's happened now is the demand is no longer there and we have been taking in quite a large number of uh, puppies. So our numbers are increasing again. And ideally, you know, dogs shouldn't be in centers because it's quite traumatic for them to come from a home and then be placed into a shelter. Uh, They don't know what they've done. They don't know why they're there. And they just want to go home. So we're always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for people who can foster some of our animals. And then we'll place them in a home uh, hopefully within a short period of time after that. But we have been desperately seeking volunteers to foster some of our animals to allow us to make space for more animals to come in to our centres. And the animals could come in as a result of a cruelty investigation or someone can no, are moving, can no longer keep their pet. So it's a vicious cycle, but we could not do the work that we do without people like yourselves supporting us and volunteering and helping us be a voice for the animals in British Columbia. Absolutely, Eileen. Now, before I let you go, finally, how can people get in touch with you? Well, go to our website, spca.bc.ca, and uh, check out the... You can actually fill out an application to uh, volunteer online and we'll be in touch with you. There are so many ways to get involved with the BCSPCA and we appreciate everybody's help. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, Eileen. It was really a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Take care and stay cold. Don't stay cold. Stay warm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure. Thank you, Eileen. You have a wonderful day. Thank you.